Turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 27. And uh, I'll have a word of prayer. We'll jump right in the middle of this thing. Uh, I do want to bring your attention to a lot of stuff because we are teaching what is called a narrative text. And a narrative text is like teaching um, a history book. And um, as a preacher, uh, an expositor of the word, um, that is very difficult. Okay. Uh, Well, think about it. Such and such begot, such and such begot, such and such begot, and they got mad at the Assyrians, and Syrians got mad at them, and they all got, and there we go. Praise God. Amen. Okay, but I'll tell you what. You're looking at a book that is called Genesis. It is the book of the beginnings, and I tell you that this very day, everything that exists around you, your actions, your character, your nature, the way you respond is all based on this book. No, 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 no. Not the Bible. Genesis. Genesis, because I watch it over and over again. I was just looking at some stuff, uh, chapter 10, 1 Corinthians, just a few minutes ago. And he says, take heed of Israel. Okay, who is Israel? Jacob. Jacob. Okay, you know what his name means? Trickster. Jacob means a trickster. Okay, that's what it means. His name Israel is Israel. Okay, he who wrestles with God. But that happens later. What is he before? Trickster. And it's funny because the trickster gets tricked. Okay, but I want you to look at it because it is so massive for today. God does not need your help for anything. And every time Somebody helps God. What happens? Look, I got an Egyptian handmaiden for my wife. Cool. (laughs) She's a looker. (laughs) And then it just, you hear that flushing sound. (laughs) It just goes down the toilet. And it goes on and on and on. Let me tell you something. We're all guilty of it. Then a person in this room has not said, hey, God wants this to happen. I know he does. His word says it. Let me. Help him. And it always works well, doesn't it? Always works well. Okay? Let's pray. Father, help us to see. Father, help us to understand that what is laid here in this book, um, the whole book, your book, your holy book, is all we need for life and godliness. Father, let us be overwhelmed by your presence. Father, let us be overwhelmed by your book. Let us be overwhelmed by your principles and your will. And Father, may we... Bow our knees before you and say, here we are, Lord. Use us up as a drink offering to the glory of he who died for our sins. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Chapter 27. Let me catch you up really quick. Okay, we had a little break last week uh, with Janine. I want you to just hear this for a second because if you look at this, this book isn't that complicated. The problem with the Bible is a simple problem that everybody gets into. Uh, How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Okay, uh, if you look at the whole thing, you say, oh, my goodness. All right. And, and people look at Genesis and they go, oh, my goodness, we're talking about Adam and Eve. And then we end up with Joseph. Oh, how do we keep it up? All right. The Bible, the Genesis the book of Genesis is very simple. Actually, you have the garden. You have the fall. You have the flood. Right. 
Okay, out of the flood comes what is known as the tribes of men. All right, uh, you know, and it's funny when we get out of the, out of the flood. What do we all do? What does man do? God says, "Go forth, possess and multiply." What did man do? They hung out together. Okay, when people ask me, "Well, do you believe you are him or Shem or Jephthah? Who are you a part of?" I can tell you very easily. My mother is Babylon. The Tower of Babel. That's where I started. And everything pours out of the Tower of Babel. You don't believe me? How does the end of the age conclude? Back to my mother the harlot. Babylon. Okay? I'll never forget when the troops, the U.S. troops rolled into Baghdad. Some guy on talk radio, I don't remember. It wasn't a believing show or anything like that. It was just this guy talking. He says, all right, America, you now have Babylon. What are you going to do next? And I thought, interesting concept. Woohoo! We'll put a Disney World in it. <laughs> Disney World Babylon, hanging gardens and everything. You can't miss it. It's the only green place on the whole of Iraq. No, just kidding. All right, but you see what I'm trying to get at? So when you look at this, you sit there and go, man, this is like a really old book with people with really weird names living in places that ah, Tigris, Euphrates, didn't we just blow up a bridge over there or something? I don't remember. Okay? Truth of the matter is, it began, guess where it concludes? Same place. Man moved into the Tower of Babel, and you know what it said he did? Let's reach God. And they started making this great edifice. Listen, man does great things. Don't ever kid yourself. But every time man does something great, if you look at it, there's always a shade of gray that hangs around it. Shade of gray just hangs right there by it. We built this great edifice. What was the purpose? To reach God. Why? We want to worship God. We'll make a tower to God. What did God say? Spread out. Right? Take possession and multiply. Man didn't do it. God said, this is what I want you to do. Man said, but I'll do it this way. And it's funny if you read the text in the original language, the Hebrew language, when it, <laughs> when, when it talks about the tower, God says, let us go down and see what they're doing. <laughs> and, and I get in my mind, God in heaven and man's laboring, building this tower, and God has to, what the heck is that? <laughs> Look what they're doing down there. <laughs> Let's make it tough on them. All right? And you and I came out of Babylon. I hate to say that. But, but that's that, you, you guys laugh. You think that's funny. And, and it's true. But that's the Hebrew lineage, the Hebrew verbiage that is used there. He, it says, God says, oh, that's so cute. Daggone, look, they made a Lego building. <laughs> okay? Guess what? It concludes at the same place. All right, we come out of that. The covenant is made with Abraham. Abraham is chosen by God. Why? For God's purposes to stand. You'll see that in the book of Romans in a few years to come. All right, and well, you will. We'll get there unless we all get the answers in heaven. Uh, But but his purpose will stand. Why did he choose Abraham? I don't know. Okay, out of Abraham, a covenant was made. You see the birth of Ishmael. Why? Man decided to help God. Okay? Didn't go so well, did it? Nope. 
Sure didn't. Then God says, you know what? Here, here's the child. Brings him Isaac. God says, I have a wife for Isaac. And all I need is your servant to go to this place and to get that woman. Oh, by the way, I don't want you messing with the Canaanites. Okay? All right. Send your servant back to the land of Ur, back up to the area, uh, which would be north, be northwestern Iraq. You would know it today. Uh, it's literally the land that the Assyrians come out of. Okay, so see, I want you to pay attention to this because we oh, I got the Assyrian people and I got the Philistine people and I got these people. <clears throat> they all play a part. God didn't record them in history just to, well, what the heck is it? Okay, so he sends them up. His servant goes and gets a woman, brings him back. What's her name? Rebecca. Rebecca. Okay, now Rebecca has a problem. Same problem as her mother-in-law. She's not the most fertile woman. Okay? As a point of 40 years. Okay? And Isaac, whose name is Laughter, decides he'll pray. What happens? She gets pregnant. She has an unusual pregnancy. Twins. Okay? And it says they are kicking her innards, <laughs> basically. All right. And God speaks to her and says what? He makes a promise to her of what? Two nations nations and the older will serve the younger. Now, let me tell you something. God said it. What do you figure the odds it's going to happen going to be? What do you figure that he needs your help? Go back to the Tower of Babel. I wonder what they're doing down there. Cool. Look, a pile of rocks. God has made everyone in this room promises. Why do we feel like we have to help him? Let's jump into it because I'll show you. All right. Because we would like to say, well, the sins of the father are passed on. No, these are coming right out of Rebecca. (laughs) Sorry. We're in equal rights here. We'll all help God. I don't care if you're male or female. Here's what it says. Now it came about when Isaac was old and his eyes were too dim to see. Love that phrase. (laughs) His eyes are too dim to see. What does that mean? He didn't have bifocals. Okay, or what is that laser whatever correction thing? He didn't have any of that. All right, and as you get older, your eyes need... Glasses, mine, I remember the first time. Then I realized that once I started using reading glasses, I become dependent on them. I mean, I did pretty good squinting and reading. But all of a sudden, now I'm dependent on them. All right? Isaac's getting old. And his eyes are too old to see that he called his older son, Esau, said to him, My son! And he said to him, Here I am. I love that phrasing. Okay? Isaac said... Behold, now I am old, and I do not know the day of my death. Now then, please take your gear, your quiver, and your bow. Go out in the field and hunt game for me, and prepare a savory dish for me, such as I love, and bring it to me that I may eat, so that that my soul may bless you before I die. Now, I don't even like the sound of this. Okay, let's be realistic about Isaac. He is not the sharpest 
knife in the drawer. And he is a user. Okay? And so he's kind of dim in his vision. He's not quite got it going together. And what is his big concern? The same thing that his oldest son has. Remember, his oldest son had already said, Sure, sure, Jacob, I'll give you my birthright. Just give me a bowl of soup. Okay? So you see how much emphasis that Esau already has on his birthright. All right? He despises it. That's what the text says. He despises his birthright. It's not that big a deal. I like to go hunt and fish. Okay? Here's what it says next. Rebecca was listening while Isaac spoke to his son, her son, his son Esau. So when Esau went to the field to hunt for game and to bring home, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, Behold, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau. Then she quotes, this is what he said. Bring me some game. Prepare a savory dish for me. I may eat and bless you in the presence of Yahweh before my death. Okay? Now listen, Rebecca's already had a little dream thing, right? Remember when the kids were fighting in the guts? In her belly? Okay? And she said they will be of two nations, right? And the older will serve the younger. God's already told her that. That's what Rebecca does. Now, therefore, my son, listen to me as I command you. Right there, verse 8. Listen to me. Listen. Boy, I wish we would get this. How many families do I see the parents play favorites? Okay? And we're in a society and a time in our culture and everything where we have what I call the blended families. Where you're bringing, what do they call them, half-sisters, half-brothers? Step-brothers. Is that it? Step-brothers? I don't know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Okay? And they're trying to bring them together, and yet what happens in the parental part of it? They'll play favorites. And let me ask you a question. When does that ever have a benefit? Never. That's why when I try to tell people who take in um, foster kids or who take in, let's say they're marrying uh, someone who already has kids or something to this effect, are you really sure what you're getting ready to do? Because if you walk into this thing with a favoritism, you're in trouble. And, and you really need to pray because tomorrow morning I'm going to start on a text. That I guarantee there's not a person in this church that will not have their toes stepped on big time because I've already had mine run over by a cement mixer and then one of them rollers and then a bobcat and then a dump truck and then a train. And I'm only on verse three. Okay, why? Because the issue here is what is the condition of my love to my older son or my younger son, to my stepchild, to my blood child. Okay. Rebecca's already showed favoritism. Isaac has already showed favoritism. Isaac liked Esau. Rebecca liked Jacob. And you all they were already fighting when they came out of the womb. Okay? Look what it says. As I command you, go now to the flock and bring me two choice young goats from there that I may prepare them as a savory dish for your father such as he loves. Now, see, 
Well, how stupid is these people? Yeah, I'm a hunter. I love to hunt. And if you guys don't like it, get over it. God told me to take dominion. There's a reason, there's a reason they call it hunting and they don't call it finding. Okay? Because you can spend a lot of time looking <laughs> for no reason. All right? And there's a thing that is known in the hunting world as a gamey taste. Okay, and if you prepare it this way and dry it this way and bleed it out this way, if you do this and get the hide off of it and cool the body down quick enough, you can get rid of the gamey taste. The gamey taste has never bothered me. Okay? And in some cases, I enjoy the gamey taste. Alright? I mean, I can tell the difference between a farm-raised elk and a wild elk. Okay? I can tell the difference between a wild turkey and a, and a butterball. Okay, I can tell the difference. Why? Because one has a gamey taste to it. Now this guy's going to go get what? Goats. You know what a goat is out here in Colorado, don't you? Antelope. They are. I've eaten them. I eat one, I got that out of my system. <laughs> oh, I got that done. <laughs> Mark that off of things already done. Uh, you know what? You may like antelope. I'm happy for you. Ugh. They're nasty. Okay, and that's not true. Put a rump roast in a crock pot with some tomatoes and some onions for about 24 hours. <clears throat> Good stuff. But just like eating tomato-covered, onion-tasting meat. Anyway, here we go. Go give me some goats. Bring them to me. I'll prepare them. All right. <clears throat> Jacob answered his mother, Rebecca, Behold, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. I think that pretty much says it all. Perhaps my father will feel me. Then I shall be a deceiver in his sight, and I shall bring upon myself a curse and not a blessing. Who is Jacob looking out for? He knows what's at stake. He knows what's at stake. Okay, now... What you see here between 11 and 13 is those people who can help God. All right? But his mother said to him, Your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and go and get them for me. So he went and he got them and he brought them to his mother and his mother made a savory food and his father loved it. Okay? There it is. I am striving for blessing through the method of deception okay now listen who's guilty here everybody Isaac is as guilty as Rebecca is as guilty as Jacob and we won't even get into Esau okay then Rebecca took her best garments from Esau her older son which were with her in the house and put them on Jacob her younger now this thing, and this next part here just creeps me out. And she put skins of the young goats on his hands and on the smooth of his part, part of his neck. And the reason that he did this is to receive the blessing. You took the hands and you grabbed the back of the neck. And they bowed down before and you have received the blessing. Okay? It goes on to this day. You, you can watch it. I've seen guys doing it in footage that I've gotten out of Baghdad and out of uh, Iraq. You see them doing it. I've seen them doing it in Israel. Uh, you receive, receive the blessing. You pull the head down. And, and, like, and so what did he do? Put some fuzz on the back of old Jacob's neck. Why? So he'd think it's Esau. Okay? Gave the Savior food and bread. We made for her son Jacob. And we came to, uh, <clears throat> then he came to his father and he said, My father... And he said, uh, here I am. 
Who are you, my son? And Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Get up, please sit and eat of my game that you may bless me. And Isaac said to his son, How is it that you have it so quickly, my son? And he said, Because Yahweh, your God, caused it to happen to me. Got that? I cannot tell you that in my uh, 15 years as a senior pastor of this church and being a part of this church for 20 years, how many times I have heard this excuse used for sin. Blame it on Yahweh. Yahweh did it. He wanted me to do this. I should have done this. I can't understand why I didn't do it before. All right, here's what he says. Verse 21, Isaac said to Jacob, please come close. I may have feel of you, my son, whether you are really my son Esau or not. Now, let me ask you a question. (laughs) This is like the movie Dumb and Dumber. Right? I mean, it, it is obvious that Isaac is, wait a minute, how did you get this game this quick? How'd you get this pulled off? Okay, now listen, Isaac, there's an interesting phrase in there. He says, get up and eat. You know what that means, right? Isaac's kind of laying around. So Jacob came close to Isaac, his father, and he felt him. And he said, the voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. I'd have stopped right there, Isaac. But he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother's Esau's hands. So he blessed him okay that's basically giving the inheritance to jacob all right and he said are you really my son esau and he said i am so he said bring it to me that i may eat of my son's game and i may bless you and he brought it to him and he ate and he brought him wine and he drank and then his father isaac said to him please come close and kiss me my son so he came close and he kissed him and he smelled the smell of his garments and he blessed him and said see the smell of my son is the smell of the field which yahweh has blessed Now may God give you of the dew of heaven, of the fatness of the earth, of the abundance of grain and new wine. May people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be master of your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Curse be to those who curse you and bless be to those who bless you. That's what they do. It's all yours, son. Now, it came about as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, and Jacob had hardly gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, that Esau, his brother, came in from hunting. Dun, 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 dun. Then he also made savory food and brought it, and Jacob probably, wahoo, and no, he brought it to his father, and he said to his father, let my father arise. Hmm. And eat of his son's game that you may bless me. Isaac, his father, said to him, Who are you? And he said, I am your son, your firstborn, Esau. Then Isaac trembled violently and said, 
Who was he then that hunted game and brought it to me so that I ate of all of it before you came and blessed him? Yes, he shall be blessed. Verse 34, key phrase. Esau heard the words of his father and he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, bless me, even me also, my father. And he said, your brother came deceitfully and has taken the blessing. You want to know why the Palestinians and the Jews don't get along? Do you know that the Arabs and the Palestinians and the Persians believe that the Jews are the single most deceitful people on the planet Earth? Do you know why? Genesis 27. Who is the father of the Jews? Don't say Abraham, Jacob, and he was a liar and all that come of the line of Jacob are liars. Do you see? I can go back. This is um, one of the 48, almost 5,000 years ago. And it still really hasn't changed. Here's what he says. Isaac answered and said to Esau, Behold, I have made him your master and all his relatives. I have, remember what he said there in verses 27 through 29, and I have given to him servants and with the grain and a new wine, and I have sustained him. Now, as for you then, what can I do, my son? And Esau said to his father, Do you have only one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, O my father. So Esau lifted up his voice and he wept. Now, this is the same guy who says, I'm hungry and I'll give you my birthright if you'll give me a bowl of soup. Do you see something going on here? Yeah, I do. Who's it about? The individual. The individual. Then Isaac, his father, answered him and said, Behold, away from the... From the Behold, away from the fertility of the earth shall be your dwelling, and away from the dew of the heaven from above. By your sword you shall live, and your brother you shall serve. But it shall come about when you become restless that you shall break his yoke from around your neck. Hmm. So Esau bore a grudge against Jacob. Duh. <laughs> They still do. And you know what? You can go over there today. They have the green wall and the checkpoints. And you know why? All of the Palestinians want to work in Israel. Why? Where's the money at? And yet they do it in bitterness. You can drive around. If you drive around, let's see, it'd be the south side of Jerusalem, the old Jerusalem and the city of David, and you'll look on the left-hand side. If you're looking north, is that right? Yeah, north. You look on the left-hand side, and you see all these beautiful stone condominium and apartments, and just and it's all this white limestone, and it's elegant. they got windows. And, all, and then you look on the left-hand side, and there's these things that make the, 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 the ghettos of Harlem and, and, the, and the projects of Chicago. Chicago look like palaces and that's the Palestinians and over there's the Jews 
And they all sit there in ruin, blaming the Jews. Why? Because Jacob cheated them out of their birthright. And what's amazing is, if you take all of those people, whether it's Arab, whether it's Persian, whether it's the Palestinians or the Jews, they're all Semitic. They're all related. I mean, it makes the Hatfield and McCoys look like Cub Scouts. So, do you see what I'm trying to get at here? Here is a layer of deception that began thousands of years ago and that is still being played out today. It is still played out today. Not only is it played out today, 1 Corinthians 10 tells us, look at Israel and don't repeat the problems. What do we do? How many deceive deceive to get what we need, what we want, what we believe is going to happen? How many of us use deception and say, God did it? Okay, listen. This is bold lying. How many times do we have the... um, what I call the deception of omission. I'll tell you what you want to hear, but I won't give you the details. Okay? Esau bore a grudge against his brother because of the blessings. Now when the words of her elder son Esau were reported to Rebekah, she sent and called her younger son Jacob and basically says, you need to run away. You need to go away. Go, my son, obey my voice, verse 43. Arise and flee to Haran, my brother Laban. <laughs> Get out of here or you won't ever have opportunity to spend your inheritance. Okay, Padaramram is Mesopotamia. Okay, that would be the northern part of Iraq that you know today. Um, in the um, what they call Tigris and Euphrates River between the two of them. Okay, Jacob takes off. Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said to him, you shall not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. Where did he get that information? Papa, don't take a daughter from the daughters, uh, a woman from the Canaan. Arise, go to Mesopotamia, the house of Bethel, your mother's father. Okay, you remember how that all worked out? Hello. Yep. Okay, remember he sent Eleazar, probably Eleazar, his servant. Up oh, and got Rebecca. All right, here we go. Um, where am I? Okay. May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you and you become a company of people. May he also give to you the blessings of Abraham to you and your descendants with you. And may you possess the land of the sojourings of God given Abraham. But you need to go hide now. I mean, that's not in, a, in the text, but you need to go hide now. Right. Esau's copped a, an attitude, uh, a, a grudge, and he's good with a bow. <laughs> okay? Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him away to Padaram, Adaram, uh, also Mesopotamia, to take for himself a wife from there. Now watch what happens here. And that when he blessed him, he charged him saying, you shall not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. And that, what, that Jacob had obeyed his father and his mother and had gone to Mesopotamia. So Esau saw that the daughters of Canaan displeased his father Isaac. And Esau went to Ishmael and married Beside the wives that he had. 
Got that? He's already gone wrong. He's already gone wrong. Jacob fled. He took off. Smart man. And Esau's rebellion grew. Okay? Now then, this is Jacob's ladder. We've all heard that. Jacob's ladder. Here's the story of Jacob's ladder. Let me close with this. Jacob departed from Beersheba and went toward Haran. He came to a certain place and spent the night there because the sun had set and he took one of the stones of the place, put it down under his head and he laid down uh, in that place. And he had a dream. Behold, a ladder was set on the earth and it's with its top reaching to heaven. And behold, the angels of God, that would be the messengers of God, were ascending and descending on it. And behold, Yahweh stood above it and said, I am Yahweh, the God of your father, Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the land on which you lie. I will give it to you and to your descendants. Your descendants shall also be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread out on the west and to the east and to the north and to the south, and in in you and in your descendants shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, now watch this. I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Now I went through and colored all the eyes in mine. Because I'm thinking that there's a point there. I don't need your help. You know what's amazing here? Jacob awoke from his sleep. Surely Yahweh is in this place. And I didn't know it. (laughs) Where did you think he was? Okay. That is God revealing himself. Where are you? Everywhere. I am with you. I will protect you. I will do it. I will fulfill it. My promises will stand. Goes on. He was afraid. How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. So Jacob rose early in the morning. He took the stone that he had put under his head. And he set it up as a pillar and he poured oil on top. And he called the name of the place Bethel. Okay, Bethel means house of God. However... Previously, the name of the city had been Luz. <laughs> but that's all right. When God shows up to you in a dream and makes you all them promises, you can name it anything you want to name it. All right. And Jacob made a vow saying, If God will be with me, now watch this, and will keep me on this journey that I take, and will give me food to eat and garments to wear, and I return to my father's house in safety, then Yahweh will be my God. Bad move, dude. Bad move. You're making a deal with God. He's already told you what he's going to do. You don't need to make an oath. This stone which I have set up as a pillar will be God's house and of all that you give me, I will surely what? Give a tenth. Ooh. That will come back to haunting. 
Okay, let me share with you something. I'll close with this because this speaks of the tithe. Okay, the giving of a tenth or a tithe was common among the Semitic people, the people in the Fertile Crescent. Okay, and it was an act that acknowledged the superiority of the one to whom it was paid. Okay, so when I hear people say, well, should you tithe? Okay, well, instead of saying, should you tithe? Ask this question. Should I give to that one that is more superior? And why would I not give it based on the degree of superiority? Okay. Jacob had a dream. Made a vow. He went and got a blessing. But he did it deceptively. And guess what happens? He has to take a vacation. Seven years for one woman. And then he gets tricked. And he gets seven years of another woman. And then he gets to come back. And when he comes back, he is a big chicken boy. Even after seeing God saying, I will protect you. I will take care of you. I will do this. And ask yourself a question. Is God faithful? And he really doesn't need our help. And he is worthy of at least a tenth. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for showing us um, Jacob and Esau, Rebecca and Isaac, uh, Abraham. Father, you do a lot. And Sarah, Lord, um, I stumble in this. There are times that I think that I can help you. And um, how silly is that? Father, forgive us. Father, forgive us. Let us rest upon you. Let us rest wholly and solely upon you. To your glory and to your praise. And Father, uh, may our offerings be that sweet aroma of Christ unto you. To your glory. In Christ's name. Amen.